0: Uh, battling against that fear of man so just by way of well let me let me pray for us first and then i'll have a couple of other introductory comments and then we'll we'll uh we'll go from there father in heaven we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace uh were it not for mercy and grace we would be uh, uh in a sense overrun by our fear of man we would be walking around this world uh battling that sin Uh, from start to finish. We all suffer with it. Uh, It comes out in various ways, but we all are looking around us at the world, and that world is influencing us in various ways, and a significant one of those influences is what other people think of us and how that manifests itself in our lives. So, Lord, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that we do not need to be captive to our sin um and lord we just ask for your blessing on our time as we just interact for a little bit on this concept and on the on the remedies for it um and so lord we just ask for your blessing we ask that you would give us a good time discussing the topic and we ask for your we ask for all this in Jesus name amen uh before we got started i just did want to uh review the topics that we've covered just in a hope to get the juices flowing a little bit so you guys can be thinking of questions that you might have um the topics that we've talked about is, you know, first of all, what is this fear of man, right? And if you guys have questions from that, remember uh, Mike talked about the fact that um, <clears throat> uh, there, there's this thing out there. We, we fall victim to it. It's just as we look around, we're always concerned with what other people think of us. Um, and we're always evaluating that. And that influences what we say and what we do. So we talked about what that was. Second session, we talked about what the fear of God was, and that's the thing that needs to replace the fear of man in our hearts, so this being chief thing, right? We need to be looking to God, who is the one who can actually uh, have influence, and we need to be looking to him. So fear of God was the second session. And then we looked at three ways about how we fear man. What what are some of the areas in which we have this fear of man? And that's that we our our fear of being exposed. So we, don't like, we sometimes don't like what happens inside of us, and, we, and we're concerned that that's going to be exposed to the world around us. We're concerned that others may reject us, right? We, we like to be accepted, and we're fear of being rejected. And then with, sometimes we're actually afraid that they're going to do some harm uh, to us in some way, physical or reputational or whatever. They're, we're fear that somebody's going to uh, kind of out to get us in a sense, not in the paranoid way, but um, you know, in a way that that uh, we might. want to be afraid of. And then the last session is that we talked about uh, this new vision of loving God and neighbor and just having an outward focus to our life and seeking to, uh, instead of being insular and and reacting to the fear of man in a bad way, we are looking to move outwards in faith and uh, and work with our our fellow man. So those are the topics that we had. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you guys first. We have have some questions that we're going to have uh, ask the panel, um, but I was going to, uh, in between each of the questions, I'll open it to you guys in case there's questions that either have been spurred on by some of the things we've talked about on the panel or have been spurred on by the, uh, the content of the course seminar itself. So, we'll start with you guys. Are there questions, thoughts that you guys have had from the panel, things that you maybe haven't had a chance to ask over the course of the, of the, of the, course of the class uh, that you might want to ask the panel right off the bat?
1: So the uh, fear of man <clears throat> is basically fearing man, different ways that we fear man, whether it's the fear of physical harm, the fear of rejection, or the fear of exposure, right? Fear of God is having the correct perspective with God. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's how do I view myself, well for, well, well, for myself, it's how do I view myself and how do I view God, right? <clears throat> I would say, um, yeah, yeah, for a short answer. Um, do you want me to go explain more about that? Yeah, so, and, and so, so, if, so I would say my view, uh, my fear of God is, my perspective is that I'm a little bug that's scurrying around God's foot that he could stomp out at any time. And, that's <laughs> and so when I read verses in the Bible, like in Proverbs, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that kind of fits that context in my head as to why I should fear God correctly. And uh, I think being a, being a worldly person, living in the world and being flesh, my pride uh, tends to want to exalt myself and think very high of myself and think very little about others and of God. So that's a constant battle that I have to fight in my life. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, John. But
0: Good. Others? Nikki, go ahead. So just to rephrase the question, um, you're you're wondering, what is the what is the difference between a positive, a good fear of physical harm and how we react to that? And uh, what would be examples or or uh, the difference between that and a, uh, a negative fear where I'm just reacting badly to my circumstances and I'm unnecessarily. Threatened. And it's sinful in that case. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good question. Anybody on the panel want to try to tackle that one?
2: (laughs) Mike and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, and I (coughs) have not been in a lot of situations, to be honest with you, where I had a genuine fear of physical harm. But there have been a couple. Uh, One, for instance, was when our home was broken into. And in, I think, a practical response, we evaluated, you know, what were the, the factors surrounding the home? You know, were there things that practically that we could and should do? And so we chose to go ahead and put in a security system. And we may choose to put in some cameras at, at another point because it is a relatively remote place. I think the line comes when you start serving that fear instead of just reacting to the situation. So there's some logical practical things that we can do to help protect ourselves from, you know, other parts of the world that frankly are sinful. But if uh, everything that I did started orienting around that and I started serving that fear versus trusting God to take care of me as, you know, we go through life, I think that's where the sin comes in. Where's my focus?
3: And I also think there's the context. We live in a nation, a society where things are peaceful. Um, We go along our lives and we don't worry about things. Uh, When we lived in Africa, it was a different situation. Uh, Things aren't always peaceful there. Uh, You just can't assume that things are going to go are going to go straight. Uh, And so there's a wariness that we always had when we lived over there. Um, But on the other hand, as Nikki just said, you just can't live in the fear of what if this might happen or what if this might happen. Uh, We have to trust that God is going to take care of us even in the most difficult situations um, and just move on through that. And certainly when we look at, we didn't encounter this in Africa, but if we lived in a Muslim country, for example, there your faith, uh, you could have physical harm because of your faith, and um, you would experience uh, persecution there, and and we didn't encounter it there, but certainly for many of our brothers and sisters overseas, that is something that is real and pressing, and yet they keep on, and they, they don't stop meeting together because of that, that fear.
1: And so I think it's a, a fine line between fear and faith. You know, it's like, do we want to uh, live a life of fear or do we want to live a life of faith, right? And I think it's a very fine line. And one of the first mission trips I went on, uh, I think it was in 2000, was the Kazakhstan and I had never been on a mission trip before, and it was kind of, I was scared to go, to be honest with you. And I get off the airplane, and I go down the runway, and there's someone, there's a so- couple of soldiers there, and they have ARs, and they're pointing them at all the people coming off the airplane. And I freaked. I mean, I didn't know what to think, you know, I was really scared. And uh, and and so whenever whenever someone says, "Oh, we're going to go to a mission trip that I've never been before," my first response is my mind jumps back to that scene in that airplane in that <laughs> airport, and and so I say to myself, "Am I going to live this life of fear where I'm afraid to go on a mission trip, or am I going to trust God and be obedient to His word? So, so it's a constant battle.
0: Those are good examples. Does that answer your question, Nikki? The film. Yeah. <laughs> If you think of a follow-up, feel free to ask it. Why don't we Why don't we interact on the first question on the on the sheet, which is how do you stru- uh, how do you struggle with the fear of man? There's three quarter the, in, in looking for examples in one of the three categories that uh, we've been looking at: physical harm, fear of rejection, or fear of being exposed. We talked about the physical harm one a little bit. Mike, you gave a really good example of that, but there's the other ones as well. How is it that the panelists have have uh, kind of struggled with these fears in their own personal lives, and uh, and kind of what have they done about it? Hmm? Anybody, anybody who wants to start can jump in. Um,
3: I, I think for me, uh, the obvious, well, the one I Chose would be fear of rejection. Uh, I think all of us want to be liked, uh, um, and men in particular want to be respected. And I think the fear that we sometimes have when we confess or profess that we're Christians is that our society is going to reject us, people are going to think we're weird or you know, whatever they're thinking now. And so we tend to shun away from that. We tend to keep our mouths shut. And that is, you know, one of the things that I have struggled with for years is wanting to be liked more than wanting to uh, proclaim my savior.
4: I'm in a book group with a group, a bunch of women who all, except for me, happen to be librarians or teaching literature or working in bookstores. So they're very educated, and they're very familiar with a wide array of literature, and I feel like I'm way out of my league, but I enjoy it. And the book that we have read to discuss on Monday has a passage or a chapter in it that really makes fun of Christians and belittles faith in Jesus. And um, i be partly knowing about this uh, panel discussion, and partly because of the uh, seminar that Mike's been leading and partly just through growth, have been sort of role-playing what I'm gonna say to defend the Lord in our discussion and it's a I don't know for I read it on my Kindle so I don't really know but I think it's like a 400 page book and this is one chapter but I've decided I'm gonna take my stand and being afraid of rejection I'm, I am I am I don't know if you role play when it's just you by yourself, (laughs) but I am thinking through what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. And uh, so that's my my big piece of bravery for this week. (laughs)
1: I would say it's the same thing. I think I struggle with all three fears to some degree in my life. But the biggest one that I'm uh, I'm very much aware of is the fear of rejection. It's something I've struggled with my whole life. Um, I tend to be a a people pleaser, and I tend to get my, uh, my identity and my value from what other people think of me rather than being a child of God and being created in his image and getting my value from that. So that's a constant struggle for me. And it's like Tim says, uh, a lot of times uh, someone will say something and I won't say anything. You know, I'll just be quiet because I don't want them to have a bad opinion of me. Or maybe I won't share the gospel because I know someone might think, uh, like, poorly of me or something like that. And so it's a constant battle that I struggle with in my life.
2: A lot like what everyone else has said, I don't know whether this would be called the fear of exposure or the fear of rejection. But... One of the things that I tend to do at work is change jobs a lot. Uh, It's a blessing in the industry that I'm in and the companies that I've worked for that they're large enough to allow that. But when I do that and I get into a new area, I feel a lot like what Liz said, that You know, somebody's going to find out I really don't know what I'm talking about. I'm in in an area that uh, I've never done before, a a job I've never done before, a role I've never done before. And I spend an inordinate amount of time worrying about how to look good in it um, when I'm just starting out. And that really, uh, it's unhealthy for several reasons. It makes me ineffective, certainly, but it also puts way too much focus on me. You know, I could certainly just get a lot more comfortable and a lot more effective in that role if I would just rely on others around me. You know, ask them questions, really. You know, kind of press that down, submit to, not being the expert, not being you know the top of the heap, and and just you know being in a in a humble growth role. But it, it's hard, and if I do it and I submit then yeah I get there a lot faster but a lot of times I spend a lot too much time doing the make-believe part.
0: Good. I'll turn it back over to you guys. Is there any questions that you guys have generated? Yeah, Donda. So how have you approached conversations where your 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 fear is rooted in or has its source in on being unsure of whether you could answer the question or or bring the information to bear? Is that fair? Right. Right. And so how do you answer in that context as well? Good. Good question. And by the way if you when we come back to questions for you guys if there's a question off the sheet you would particularly like them interact on we can just so you can say that too so I just wanted to forgot to say that earlier. So any any of the panelists want to take on that question?
2: Sure. So some of you guys know that a lot of my career I've actually been In management, And if there's one thing that you're guaranteed of if you manage people is that somebody will come to you and ask you a question that you haven't the foggiest idea, you never thought of, they're in a situation you haven't been in, uh, they have a fear you've never had, and they're going to ask you about it. So it actually happens quite a bit. I would say that the times that I've been the most successful at it, and heaven knows whether I've been successful at all, but the times I feel like the conversation went the best is when I don't spend – as much time focusing on the specific question itself as kind of the heart behind it. In, in some ways, the way we approach a lot of the the spiritual challenges that we get into, is it you know is it specifically about whether my 401k is is paying out on time, or is it about you know where my security lies? Is it specifically about uh, whether the the health care benefits for my family are going to come in the day that I need them to, or is it about just being you know, fearful of whether I have um, been properly caring for my family or whether I feel secure. It, it, I guess, Donda, I'm not saying that any of that makes it easier, but if I had looked at the heart of it and and am um, trying to approach it from, you know, what does this person really need? And in a lot of a lot of times um, they're not believers and that makes that a little bit harder. When they are and I'm blessed for that and we can talk about in a spiritual sense, it's made it easier. Um, but, but kind of going to the heart of it rather than always to the, to, the, to the surface level question has helped me somewhat. It's not an easy answer though.
1: And Dunda, I'll, in, fact, I'll, in fact, I'll try to answer that question in in uh, light of the gospel. Because uh, <clears throat> a lot of times we kind of forget that we're in a spiritual battle. You know, like, like Scripture tells us that Satan's out there like a Roman lion, like waiting to devour us. And I, and I don't think we, the attacks that we get from Satan are like we get hit over the head with a two-by-four. I think they're very subtle attacks. And one of the attacks that Satan loves to do is make you feel like you don't have enough knowledge to share the gospel with a person, maybe so you're kind of hesitate to share the gospel and so cuz i've i felt that a lot in my own life and what and when i sh- would share the gospel with a person the person would ask me a question and i would not be able to answer it and then i would sit there and it would make me just feel that much more scared to go speak to a person the second time or or to a different person but in those instances where i was asked a question that i couldn't answer I would basically just tell the person, "Hey, let me go look into that, and I'll come back and I'll answer that question later." But then I also forget that even in my in my inability to answer questions, that God and the Holy Spirit are at work in those situations, and convicting that person even through my my in, in, like inability to answer that question. So, but I always try to come back, and I always do try to answer a person as best as I can. So. <clears throat>
0: Anybody else want to interact on that at all? Okay. Other Sorry. questions from? Oh, go ahead.
4: I was just going to say there's not an easy answer.
0: Yeah, no, no easy answer. It's certainly true. Willing, willingness, I mean, just just summarize something that that Mike said though. Willingness to say I'm not. I don't, actually don't know the answer to that question. Is uh, it's it's humbling on your on your on your part, but uh, is a very helpful answer with people too. And just just it's just honest, Right. right. Good. Other questions you guys might have or questions from the sheet you would like uh, the, the panel to interact on in particular. We're not going to have time to get through, to all, through all five of them at, at the rate we're going right now. So if there's no one in particular you'd like to hear, go for it. Yeah, Missy. Yep, yep, it's a good good comment. <laughs> Even if that's what we are, we don't want to be written off that way. That's true. <laughs>
3: so one of the things on that topic, Missy, is that coming to a station soon, um, the core seminars we're going to have in the spring are going to address that topic in particular. Biblical manhood and womanhood is going to get deep into this whole gender identity thing that is really is one of the biggest issues we as Christians have to face. So hopefully this spring as we go through that core seminar we can talk about those things and begin to get a biblical basis of where we should really stand and how we should really respond to those kind of questions that really confront us all today.
0: Good. Other comments? Other questions? Yeah. Sarah. Number three? Okay, sure. So number question number three. How have you seen your sin in this area affect both yourself and those around you? So the sin of fear of man, as you've worked that through, how has that affected you and others that are around you? <laughs> Good. Anybody want to take, take it for a shot?
4: Or I can pick. <laughs> Last night I was talking to Tim and saying I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> so I'm sitting up here kind of giggling. <laughs> I know how to fetch me. I don't know as much about people around.
2: So when you think and you act and you speak um, in a way that is driven by having people around you like and respect you, and and Sarah, I'm coming kind of from the point of view of the fear of rejection here, I guess. When When you think and act and speak as if you're driven that way, I think what's happening is you're moving your focus away from our creator God and to the created, to the to the sinners around you. And when you do that, I think that it decreases your ability to love and serve others in humility because you're actually kind of making an idol out of getting their like and respect. So to answer how does it affect those around you, if I'm acting with that, fear of rejection, if I'm acting trying to get people to like and respect me, then uh, it's going to compromise my integrity. I'm going to either um, maybe say things that literally aren't true or give compliments that don't hold up. And then when it comes in practically speaking to a time where those things matter, and going back to my particular job being in management, if I'm spending all my time buttering up, people on my team with um, a bunch of empty compliments Then, when it comes to the, the time that they're, you know, say, being chosen for other roles or, you know, getting rated or whatever. And then basically my words are shown to be the, the empty lies that they are if that, if that happens. So it's a way that it directly affects people around you. You start saying things that you don't mean or that don't hold up, and then later it gets exposed. And I think the fallout's worse than if you're honest up front. So that's one way I've seen it.
1: And sir, in, in fact, I also want to say too. I, I think it's hard. I mean, I, it's like I'm very much aware of my sin, but I'm not very much aware of the way my sin affects others around me. And uh, and so so my my, my, um, my uh, ex-wife had uh, several adulter adulterous relationships. And I know the effect of her sin had a devastating effect on me and on our children. So I know very well that our sin does have an effect on other people. But I didn't really know how to to answer this question, but I started thinking about it. And I was thinking about King David having his relationship with Bathsheba and then killing Uriah and all that stuff and he was going around like not even like caring about that until uh, Nathan went and approached him and told him what he had done and then after he Nathan exposed that sin to David then David was quick to repent of it so i think it's important for us since we seem to be blindsided like in this area that it's really good for us to have other christians uh, being part of a church being in a small group having another christian just in your life outside of church talking truth into your life and exposing Uh, areas of sin in your life that I think that's important for every Christian to have
3: Um, so how it affects me personally is um, I think like many of us I engage in conversations with people and then later on I walk away saying I could have should have done this you know I missed that opportunity nuts and and, and therefore, there, it arises in, in myself a sense of guilt and shame of not doing what I'm called to do, um, and you know that that's how I feel the sin is. The sin in others, um, as I thought about it, I think it, it just boils down to we fail to really to realize how lost people are, um, that it is a life and death type of thing. Um, if if we were on a support ship that came across the Titanic in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and saw hundreds of people drowning in frigid water and didn't do anything to throw them a life vest, didn't, you know, just stood there and looked, that's about what we're doing if we don't actively realize that there are thousands or hundreds around us that are lost and are dying. and. We need to recalibrate our sense of purpose, of, of fear, of what's going on in their lives uh, for the sake of the gospel. Um, and so I think we just have to develop that that understanding that um, we are holding out life to people who are drowning.
0: Good. Any other questions, thoughts? Uh, questions from the sheet you'd like to see the panel interact on? Isaac. <laughs> sure. Sure. So, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, Isaac, the question has to do with how is it that you have a proper sense of humility um, and are avoiding the sin of pride, but at the same time being able to interact in a helpful way with those who might be giving you compliments or uh, Or thanking you for things that you've done. Is that fair? Okay, good. Anybody on the panel want to take a take a try at that one?
4: I don't have any kind of a better answer for you, but I've, I'll take a shot. I think um, the whole overarching theme of this core seminar and of these questions on this sheet of paper is to think less of ourselves. And that's kind of what you're getting at. And I think to be able to think less of yourself, you have to think more of God, and you have to think more of the people around you. Like Tim was saying, we have to care more about those drowning, titanic passengers. And I think if you're giving a gift to someone, it's because you care for that person, you like that person, you want to give them something. So you can say, thank you, I really thought, I I know how much you like this, What you know, you love to read, so I thought you'd really enjoy this book, it's all about your favorite subject. Accept the thanks, but bring it off yourself and onto them. Or if you get a compliment, you know, thanks so much, I believe it's important to work hard and do your best, and I, you know, you can... I don't know if you would want to say, you know, like you are working unto the Lord. (laughs) You know, I don't know what the situation is. But I think so many times we're so aware of our own selves and we take positive feedback and we just soak it up like a sponge. And instead we can be reflecting our Lord and Savior or reflecting the people around us and not be so self-absorbed. That it all just lands on us and is all about us. So. Thanks, Liz. Heather.
0: David. If it's Platt, it's David Platt. Yeah. That book was called Threads, is that right? Gospel Threads by David Platt it was a good, good book on that, on that subject. Good. Anybody else want to have any thoughts for Isaac? Right. Okay. Good. Other, other questions? I probably have time for one more. John. Okay, good. So, fear of failure, a fear of taking that step, um, and how do we process that in a gospel kind of a way so that way we're not uh, held captive to that fear and are still moving forward regardless? Is that fair? Okay, good. Anyone on the panel?
2: First thing that crossed my mind, John, and and I'm going to admit I don't remember all of it, but as soon as you said that, I remembered getting a lot out of uh, one of the course seminars that BJ did on gospel-based godly decision-making. So I would suggest going back and and listening to that again and and gleaning some of the highlights from that. And on the spur of the moment, it's not all of the tenants are coming to me, but I know there was a lot of really good information there, you know, seeking godly counsel, uh, going to the word, you know, looking for the obvious, you know. Uh, if there's anything obviously wrong or obviously right about it, but then there's a point where just in faith you go ahead and move forward and see what happens. And I'm sure there's a lot of points that I'm not bringing up, but I remember it was a really uh, valuable time.
0: Anybody else? Interactions on fear of failure and how you've processed the fear of failure in ways that might have potentially prevented you from moving forward? I will say this. I did have one thought that, that um, I think our fear of failure um, is often not necessarily the root of what's going on. Um, I know that I know in many cases. For me, anyway, uh, my fear of, of failing at something is often an expression of something else. So I'm I'm afraid of failing uh, at. Uh, at work kind of along the lines of the question we were talking about before. I'm afraid of failing because I'm afraid I don't have the right answers or I don't have the, ru- I don't have the information that I need or I'm not going to be able to accomplish the job or I'm, uh, I'm afraid of failing at sharing the gospel because, the per- because ultimately the person on the other side is going to reject what I'm saying. And you know, so it might be helpful to say, is my fear of failure really the root of what's going on, or is it just an expression of something else? That, w- that was kind of my thought on, on that one. So. Well, good. Well, it's 10.15, so we're going to have to wrap it up. Thank you all for, for coming out. Uh, thank you, panelists, for, for uh, sharing with us your, your thoughts and your wisdom on the, on the questions that were asked. Um, Uh, Looking forward to uh, seeing you guys back. We are going to be off for a few weeks. Our next course seminar is on January the 5th. Uh, So we're off for the Christmas season for course seminars. Uh, The next course seminar, I'll actually be teaching the next one. Uh, It's going to be on how to study your Bible. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to teaching this. It's going to be, I think we're going to have a good time just exploring how it is that we read and understand our Bibles better for ourselves and not necessarily be being... uh, and needing to rely on other people to tell us what it means. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So look, look forward to seeing you guys out at, at 9.30 on the, on the 5th of January. So why don't I close for us in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your mercy and your grace once again. We thank you for the wisdom that we have within our church. We, uh, we uh, speak of it frequently, Lord, that uh, we need to rely upon one another. We need to re- depend upon the body of Christ to help us to grow in our Christian faith. Um, And Lord, I think that we have been blessed richly at Redeeming Grace Church in that regard. And so, Lord, we just see some evidence of that this morning as we have these panelists who are willing to sit here and, and just interact on questions that we have. And thoughts that we have, you know, just exposing our fears, kind of working through our uh, our tendency towards sin in particular ways. And Lord, I just pray that this, this session would have been helpful uh, to us. Lord, may we grow in grace as we help one another and as we interact with one another. So Lord, we just... Lastly, just want to ask that you would prepare our hearts for worship this morning. Lord, give us a good time uh, singing and praising you, listening to your word being uh, expounded to us. uh, And Lord, we're just grateful. Um, So Lord, we ask for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, everyone.